Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. Hello, I'm Dr. Joe Beam. Welcome to Marriage Helper Live. This is a program about relationships, and we do everything we can to help you with your relationships. Whatever the relationship might be, it might be a marriage, it might be that you are having some questions about how to deal with your children or your parents. We want to help in any way we can in this relationship program. Now, the way you talk to us in this program, we have a telephone number, but I don't know what it is, and I don't see where it is. Uh, I cannot see that screen. Our producer is pointing to a screen that's invisible to me, so I don't know our telephone number. Hopefully, you can get to it, find it, and call us. It's kind of, I'm embarrassed that I don't have that number in front of me, so please forgive me for that. If you call, you can listen just on your phone if you wish, or if you wish to speak to me. After you dial that number, please dial the number one. Just press the number one, and that'll put you through, and you can actually get to talk to me, and I'd be happy to talk to Wait a minute. I found it on another screen. It's 657-383-0812. That's 657-383-0812. Then we're going to start with a caller here from Canada, and it's John and so, John, hello. Welcome to Marriage Help Alive. Good afternoon, Joe. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. How may I help you today? Okay. So, I've been using smart contact a lot and talking to mm-hmm. our son, uh, financial issues, and uh, tried to make a list with her, with the wife, because we're separated, been separated for over a year, and she wants the divorce finalized September 5th. Hmm. And uh, so I asked to meet up with her next week to talk about parenting. Uh, financial mm-hmm. issues and possible mm-hmm. relationship issues. So I've made a list and uh, we're going to talk about the list on the telephone before meeting with each other. So we stay mm-hmm. strictly to these, uh, this list. So okay. I notice a lot of times she, every time I say something like that, or she brings up money or something like that, because it's supposed to be, she's supposed to be paying me child support, but I haven't filed for it. And my attorney always keeps going, you should file for this child support because she owes you this money but I find that would kind of be catastrophic to our relationship. So uh, is the relationship about, in, isn't the relationship already in trouble? It is. Okay. And so when you say catastrophic, what do you mean? Uh, push us farther apart. Okay. Do you need the money? Uh, I do and don't. Because she's <laughs> wanting okay. X amount of dollars from the marriage, which I couldn't afford to do unless I... Basically, give everything. So that's what okay. I think. They're not spending that money. All right. So your attorney's urging you to go ahead and push for the, the child support that you deserve. And and I didn't hear a clear answer to that. Do you need that child support to come to you or not? I do. I do. Okay. Then is it also then going to be for the benefit of your son if you get that child support? Yes, because then it's in writing that it's 50-50 parenting. Okay. And, now, uh, mm-hmm. and so for the sake of only, your son, right, I realize yeah. that you say she might react negatively to it. And, and it's quite often that people do react negatively, particularly when it comes to the money. But in a general sense, they react negatively anytime you're contradicting anything they want to do. I mean, that's just kind of what human nature does. But I think it would be, now obviously, John, it's your decision, not mine. But I think the decision mm-hmm. would be based on what's best for the child. And do you have a definitive answer for that? What's best for your boy? Well, to see if both parents equally and mm-hmm. to be allowed to financially buy on these items. Mm-hmm. But every time and I so, try to speak mm-hmm. too many items to her, like say, I'd be like, oh, our son's doing this, this, this. Sometimes she won't mm-hmm. reply for a day. So that's my understanding is just to just wait until they reply back to you. Well, smart yes, contact. but when it comes to business matters, then you don't necessarily need to make those things wait. Now, you have an attorney. Therefore, I assume she has an attorney. Is anybody negotiating, negotiating these things, or is it just the two of you negotiating with each other? Uh, it's kind of everybody. Everybody's okay. kind of put their word and say into everything. 
So your attorney, her attorney, et cetera. Now, John, as yeah. I've already said, obviously what you do is your decision. But if I were in your shoes, and I'm not, but if I were, I'd be thinking, okay, what's best for the child in the long run? Even if it irritates my wife in the short term, even if it somehow um, pushes her away a little bit. Now, the fact that when you communicate with her about something she doesn't want to talk about, she doesn't respond for days, sounds manipulative to me. I'm not saying she's manipulating her. I don't know her. I'm just saying that sounds yeah. manipulative. And and if you let the other person manipulate you, then they tend to do that. So if it were I, I'd be saying, okay, I need the money to do what needs to be happening for the boy. Plus, if we do that, then it's on paper that it's 50-50. And trust me, John, when, time, when times come in the future, having things legally already written out and agreed to can be a great advantage. Because even if people are making all kinds of promises and comments now, when, when things get a little tough or a little rough, whatever it might be, they can go, oh, no, I didn't mean that. And so having it written down and signed is actually a really good thing to do. So I can't tell you what to do, but if it were I, even if it made her mad, I'd say, I need to go ahead and get this, and we need to get those things signed. But you have to do what you need to do. The reason I would do that is because of the child. In my estimation, always make sure the child's taken care of first. But that's, that's Beam's opinion. Okay. Oh, I agree with you 100%. But with the smart contact, when I bring up certain items, like mm-hmm. pertains about our son, it'd be like, I can't, uh, I'm busy today, so you'd have to phone Tuesday, which is Tuesday and Thursday is our original agreement for talking with our son. She gets super mm-hmm. angry and mm-hmm. uh, just kind of doesn't respond to anything after that. So I feel yeah. that's best to just leave these messages as is and let her answer them at her time because I waited like that before a few days. And I started getting mm-hmm. like four or five paragraph messages back first two words. No. Yes. That would yeah. be the messages regular. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's why you have the attorneys discuss those things because then they can go ahead and, and, and the attorneys are hopefully are going to be objective and can deal with those things that way. And, and again, I'm being repetitive now, so I'll stop. But when people don't get exactly what they want, when things are asked for that they don't want to give, they tend to get angry and they tend to punish the other person. And that's what it sounds like she's doing with you and manipulating you. It won't change. It, that doesn't change what's best for the boy. It really doesn't. And in the long run, the best thing that can happen is what's best for the son. Now, we hope you put your marriage back together. But my opinion, based on not just my experience, but the experiences of many we work with, is that when you stay strong – it may cause more problems in the short term, but in the long term, it actually works to your benefit because the other person realizes he or she cannot run over you and begins to admire the strength they see. Now, not to begin with, but later. Mm. Is, okay, That makes total sense because I was reading your book as well, and it kind of bases upon that as well. Okay, so would this kind of be in limerence when somebody does this stuff, even though they're not in a relationship with somebody else? Could they be no. like this to themselves with limerence? No. Limerence is always what happens with another person. And when you study the brain chemistry that goes with that, it's always associated with a human being. So it's not limerence. It can be stubbornness. It can be anger. It could be any number of things, but it wouldn't be limerence. Do you think it would be a bad thing to suggest an email to her saying, do you want to reconcile or not before I I file for child support? Would that be a huge push? I feel it's a big push. Because I don't know her, there's no way I can respond to that. I typically would only say that's a good thing to do if you're communicating well. Then something like that might make sense. But if you're not communicating well, then it's more likely to have a mm. negative result than a positive result. All right, my friend, you take care of yeah. here in Canada. I hope it's cool in Canada because it's certainly hot down here. You take care. 19 degrees. Oh, 19 degrees at Celsius. (laughs) We have to do some calculation. For those out there, here's how you do that. Uh, You take 32 and then you take 19 times 1.8. So add 32 to 19 times 1.8 and you'll find out how hot it is where he is in Canada. Our producer's looking at me like, how do you know that? Hey, man, I have a Ph.D. What are you talking about? (laughs) All right, so (laughs) we're going to move on to Bo here. B, I guess it is, B-E-A in Texas. Is that right? Is it B? Yes, that is correct. Okay, B, how may I help you today? Yes, I can. Yes. Yes, hi. Uh, Thanks for taking my call. Um, So in January, my husband started having an affair. In February... Um, an adopted child was placed into our home. In March, he told me he no longer wants to be married to me. 
Two weeks ago, I confronted him about the affair. And last mm-hmm. week, I forced him to tell our adult children he didn't want to tell anybody until after the adoption was final. And then he was going to tell the girls, our oldest girls, and uh, file for a divorce. But I forced him to tell the girls because, of course, everybody knows something's going on. And they mm-hmm. sense that. And now, what can, I, what can my adult children say to help him go to the workshop? He does not want to – he will have absolutely nothing to do with any kind of – marriage reconciliation, uh, if I suggest it, and um, they have asked me to keep dates open, and they were going to purchase this, um, the workshop for us, and mm-hmm. told them if it was anything related to marriage, he does not want to go. Okay. So what can they say to help convince him? Okay. And if I may ask, how old are these adult children? So 25, and then I have a set of 20-year-old twins. Okay. And are any of these children married yet? No, none of these girls are married yet. Okay. And that's fine. That's fine. I'm just trying to get information here. By the way, you don't sound like you yes. have a Texas accent here, B. No, it says I'm you're definitely in Texas. not from Texas. <laughs> I can tell. And so are you in Texas now or do they just mistype? No, no, I'm in Texas. I'm in Texas okay. right now. All right. Well, here's what I suggest. Take the, the daughters, the, uh, the grown daughters, since they want to help. And by the way, kudos to them that they want to help. If you go to our website, marriagehelper.com, that's marriagehelper.com, marriagehelper, mm-hmm. you can use a little search engine at the top. And on that search engine, look for mm-hmm. intervention. Now, when you do that, okay. uh, B, I'm going to mute you for a second here because there's some kind of sound coming through. When you do that, when you put in that search engine intervention, it'll take you to a page, or at least it should take you to a page where there are the following. One is a about a 35-page PDF, so it's a document. And then there are two 45-minute audios there. And I recommend that your daughters listen to those audios and that they download and read that PDF document. It tells them how to do what's called an intervention. Now, interventions are things you do when you say to a person, we need you to do this. And if you do not, these are the consequences that we're going to bring to bear. And that's why I was asking if they were married or not, because I needed to get an idea as to what kind of consequences they might be able to bring to bear. Now, they can still bring consequences to bear, even though they're single. That that does not negate that whatsoever. But I recommend that you ask them to read that document carefully. And that they actually go through the rehearsal, if you will, that the thing talks about, the meeting you have before you go meet with him. Because in that, they need to talk some things out, think some things through, so that when he says something, they can respond. You see, the thing here is, he's saying, okay, I don't want to do anything that has to do with the marriage. We hear that. But they still have some kind of leverage here in the fact that if he still wants to be around them, if he still cares about them and appreciates their presence, they can say things like, well, it doesn't have to solve the marriage problems. It doesn't have to fix the marriage. You don't have to even stay together. But unless you go and participate, it's not just show up, but you also participate. Unless you go and participate, then we're not going to be around you. I'm just giving an example now. We're not going to be around you on major holidays, whatever the holidays is that your uh, holidays are that your family celebrates. We're not going to be around you then. It doesn't mean we're off all contact from now on, but it means we're not going to have the same kind of relationship with you that we have now. Now, that's the leverage they can bring to bear. And if they're telling him, we're not saying that we're going to do those negatives if you don't work out the marriage. We're just saying we're going to do those negatives if you don't go to the workshop. And we've often had adult children do that with their parents and convince the reluctant parent to go for that. And and then he comes still not to work on the marriage, but he knows it's a marriage workshop, so he's not going to be surprised or shocked. But he comes because of the fact that he doesn't want to lose what he has with those girls. And so if, if they're important to him, if he wants to be around them, like on holidays or something else, whatever's important that they can take away. If you don't do this, this is the negative consequence. Now, when they read through that document and they listen to those audios, then they need to sit down and brainstorm. Now, B, you need to understand that you, 
you cannot be part of this. You cannot go with them when they do this. And they need to go together, not one at a time, but all of them together. Now, again, that document will tell them how to do that. Those audios will also explain more about how to do that. And if they're willing to do that, and you said that they are, then they can get him to come, even if it is a marriage workshop. And it's not by somehow trying to phrase it differently so he doesn't think it's a marriage workshop. Because if you don't want him showing up and thinking, well, you fooled me. I didn't know what this was. He needs to know up front what it is. It is a workshop for marriages. But they use the leverage that they have to convince him to come. And so basically what it is for him is a trade-off. Okay, I'll spend three days at this workshop. I'll participate because the participation is not difficult. It's just not hard to do the participation. There's nothing that we ask them to do in the workshop that he's going to go, well, how dare you ask me to do that? It's not like that. It means pay attention, make notes, things like that. So he comes and he participates and he's thinking, all I've got to do is participate for three days and then the negative consequence for my girls go away. And that's the trade-off. And so don't worry about it being a marriage workshop. Use their leverage with him that they have because of the daughters that he cares about. Okay. Then we're going over to Wendy in Nebraska. Hi, Wendy, how may I help you today? Hi, Dr. Bean. Um, Hello. I have a question. Okay. Um, my husband has talked a little bit about reconciling. Um, mm-hmm. It's a long story, but he was kind of out for a year, came back for about six months, and then he moved out in March again. Mm. Um, I have... I started your um, counseling program, been working on me. Um, I did mm-hmm. some things that you say, don't do that at the beginning of all of this several years ago um, that I, I realized I made mistakes. So anyways, I apologize mm-hmm. of trying to fix those. Um, mm-hmm. My question is, is there, we still haven't really discussed about the, we haven't really talked about the major things that have caused the split yet. Um, mm-hmm. We've hit on bits and pieces. So is there like mm-hmm. some, I know you don't call them boundaries, but is there something that we need to at least get out there without dredging up everything in the past to work for? And then my concern why, the reason I'm concerned about that is because he'll say things like, just in the last two weeks, he'll say things like, well, I really like my apartment, but, you know, it's not financially responsible. So I should probably look at putting my, my notice in. And then like mm-hmm. just this week he said, um, you know, it was good. I had a good time, but it's never going to be fun and exciting like it was. Hmm. Are those statements kind of confused? I had a good you time know? with you. Mean, you mean with you? A good time with you, but it's never going to be like it was? Is that what he's saying? Yes. Yes. Okay. And the apartment, he's living apart from you. I'm just going to make sure I understand all this. Did, did I hear, and, and maybe I didn't hear it correctly, that, that he was gone, then he came back for a while, and he left again. Is that what I heard you say? Yeah, he was gone for 10 months, came back in, and okay. we never talked about really what happened between us at that time. Mm-hmm. And nothing kind of really changed much. And so, mm-hmm. um, and I realized some of it was, was me, things that I did too. Uh, and then he, he moved out again. And the second time, it was more like he was pretty much going to be done with it. And then mm-hmm. he decided we could work on it. Okay, so he's ready so to now, work on it now? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, kind of, it's actually okay, believe it or not, Wendy. You see, reconciliation actually has several phases to it. We hopefully, by the end of the summer, will have a, a tape series, tape, that shows how old I am, a video series that helps people understand the steps to go through to reconcile. And in the early phases of reconciliation, it's more like dating. What I mean by that is, okay, I'm making my decision as to whether I take you back. That's what you should be thinking. He's making a decision, okay, should I really want to come back and come back for good? And so at the very outset, if you start talking about too many things too early, it actually can work against you. Because at the outset, it's, okay, let's think about this as if we are dating. And then as you progress through that process, as you begin to make some friendship again, where you can actually talk to each other, have fun with each other, those kinds of things. Even though you have not yet talked about the issues, you can enjoy being with each other. And so you plan things like, hey, whatever you guys like to do, let's go to the ball game or let's have a picnic or let's go for a walk, whatever appeals to the two of you as if you were dating. And then as you go through that, it evolves 
into, okay, now let's start broaching some subjects, but let's not start with the heavy-duty ones. Let's just talk about some things right now. And then as you get further into it, it's when you really need to discuss those issues. But if you discuss those issues too early, then it could be like, oh, goodness, this is too much work. This is too much pain. I don't know that I can do this. Either you or he or both of you might think like that. Or on the other hand, if he moves back, but you really don't make any progress at all, then you have happened what you have happened now. Like, I'm back, but it doesn't seem like we're ever going to have it again, and so maybe I should leave. But what I'm hearing you say is he's vacillating, and vacillation in this case is good. By any chance, have you guys ever considered coming to our intensive three-day workshop? I have tried. Um, at this point, he said no, and mm-hmm. he said not to ask him again. Well, so, if people I'm say trying. don't ask, then don't ask. I mean, why irritate yeah, people? Yeah, that's, that's, that's what you said, you know. So right. I, I've just been praying that maybe it'll be different. My question is, though, like, if he – if we haven't discussed those things, but he moves back in, do I just let him move back in? We have gone on some dates. Um, things are better. Communication Good. is better. He is taking down bricks, and I am trying to be vulnerable, too, and take down bricks. Excellent. Um, even though I'm scared that I'll be hurt. Um, I understand that. I do. Um, you know, so I, I'm trying to do those things that you guys suggest, and it is working. I am, I'm hearing, I mean, he's told me things that I I didn't know before or, um, mm-hmm. you know, so I feel like that stuff is happening. I'm just concerned, like, you know, do I let him come home? And then he's like, well, this isn't working. And then he leaves again. Mm-hmm. And, and we have a child and mm-hmm. it's, he's six. And so it's harder now on her. She's more aware of Absolutely. than she was a That's couple of years tough. ago. Um, well, maybe you, should, maybe you should think about it this way. If he starts talking about coming back again, First of all, if I were in your shoes and he starts talking about that, I'd react very favorably to it. Like, that's a good idea. Maybe we should do this, though. Why don't we sit down and kind of work out between us our expectations, not of what's going to happen day one, but over the time, how can we build a good relationship again and, and start that kind of communication and understand it is a process, okay? But if he moves back in and you're on that path, if you're on the process, then it's less likely he's going to leave. So it's not like jump way over here. It's like, let's just know that way over here is where we want to go. And if we talk about it now, like, you know, how do you think we can get there? What can we do? As he's in the process of thinking, will I move back in? And you're thinking, will I take him back in? Then you can work on that step by step. Now, if he's not willing to come to our workshop, one other thing you might want to consider is to uh, interact with one of our coaches. Now, I'm not trying to sell you something. That's not what this is about. But having somebody who can help you think things through, and we have male coaches and female coaches, and they would work either with you or your husband or the two of you together, whatever you wish. And and, uh, though we have to charge because we pay them, it's relatively inexpensive. And you might want to think about that. Okay, you won't go to the workshop, but maybe a coach can help us think through what comes next, what comes next, what comes next, what comes next. And so just lining that up to begin with. Like, and it doesn't have to be definitive. It can just be general. Like, what do we think we go from here? And then how do we get over there? And then how do we go over there? And if you don't have all the answers before it moves back, that's not bad. It's okay if you don't have all the answers. It's the idea that you're getting a vision of where you're headed. And then when he comes back, you can make progress. Now, understand the progress is sometimes three steps forward and two steps back. But you're still making process of progress. And that can work. It really can work. And uh, I'm going to do my best to have this reconciliation uh, video series done by the end of the summer. That's my goal, if I can possibly get there. Okay. Does this help any at all, Um, Andy? Yeah. Yeah. I just, and I just was wondering with the comments that he's making, you know, I feel like you've said that's untrue. You know, it's untrue. It can be better. It can, it can definitely be better than it was if you're Mm -hmm. both willing to work on it. Here's the cool thing. Everybody in the marriage industry knows this, plus the researchers have validated it. If you get back up, if you get past a major marriage crisis and finally get truly to the other side of it, your marriage is always better than it was before. Always. And so you guys will get there. And yes, it can be. It definitely can be better. Just don't get impatient a step at a time. But you need to be aiming toward a goal so that it doesn't kind of like, well, this is not working. Maybe I should leave. Have a goal. 
that will work. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank All right. you, Thank Wendy. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. You're very welcome. And I hope and pray that things go well for you. Uh, here we go. We're going over to Tom in Indiana. Hi, Tom. How may I help you today? Hi, Dr. Joe. How are you? I'm doing well. It sounds like you must be in the middle of a bunch of children there. Uh, I hope not. <laughs> Can you oh, hear me well, clearly now? Yeah, yeah, I was hearing about your kids. Did I just imagine that? Am I having a stroke? Because I heard kids. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. I have one son with me. He he did say okay. something, but he wasn't That's, that loud. Anyway, it's, it's anyway, my, right. my question. Okay, my uh, my question is, uh, I've been doing a heck of a job of smart contact and work smart contact and working my pies with uh, my wife. Uh, we've been separated for about six months now. Um, mm-hmm. She hasn't moved out completely, um, mm-hmm. but uh, I think I took a major step back because she she found out this last week that I hired an attorney for our divorce, and my attorney decided to agree with me to help delay things along, and she reacted mm-hmm. extremely negatively. And we've been doing so good together and positive and everything, but the minute she found mm-hmm. out divorce was going to get delayed, uh, she was not happy at all. Okay, so she already had and an attorney, is that correct? No, she, she already had an attorney. One. Oh, she's divorcing no, you she without does an not attorney. Have one. So, so, uh, but she's, yes. so she's divorcing you without an attorney. That is correct. Okay, and you got your attorney to basically slow things down. I understand that. Was there something else you wanted your attorney to accomplish for you? Uh, no. Okay. No, just, just uh, I, I just, yeah, yep. I just simply okay. got it to help slow things down. We're not fighting over nothing major or anything okay. like that. Okay. All right. So when people are getting their way, they tend to be amicable. They tend to be friendly. They tend to be okay. When people are not getting their way, they tend to react pretty negatively to that. And so the fact that you've got the attorney, what I'm hearing you say, is the fact that you've got the attorney angers her because she sees that as disrupting the divorce process, slowing things down. And she may even be thinking, okay, somehow this attorney is going to do something where I lose. I'm going to lose this, lose that, lose the other. And so... Did you expect any reaction other than anger? Um, no, not really. Um, I prepared mm-hmm. myself mentally for it because I assured her that I got the attorney um, not to go after her or not to punish mm-hmm. her in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't mm-hmm. trying to hurt her. I just got mm-hmm. it simply because it was a major legal battle or a major legal proceeding, and I don't know the law system, right. so... And she yeah. got mad and said, well, you could have just Googled that or you could have – you're stupid for spending your money. And this, she just got – I've never seen her this angry before. And she also got upset at me because uh, I would not sign the divorce papers originally, which is what she wanted me to do. And then mm-hmm. that's when I just told her that I, I just couldn't do it because okay. I, it wasn't right and I want to stand for my marriage. So why is she in such a hurry, Tom? Uh, I have no idea. Uh, the reason the reason she tells me is is because she needs to move on with her life. She needs to find herself again. She needs to be happy. She needs to have mm-hmm. friends without being questioned or having to answer to anybody. Um, mm-hmm. That she needs to heal. Because I'm just uh, I, I I'm a recovering control addict is is what okay. I would best describe myself as. Okay, and so she saw and you getting an attorney as being more control. Is that correct? Yes, yes. She said that proves to her that I'm not changing mm-hmm. like I said, and mm-hmm. I'm still a control person, and I'm doing it to just cause her okay. full damage. All right, I understand. Now. My my suggestion to you is follows. You already expected her to get angry. You got the attorney for a particular purpose, and the attorney's fulfilling that purpose. If you had called me beforehand, one suggestion I would have given you is it makes sense to have an attorney, but since she already views you as being controlling, 
then what I recommend to you is that you tell her in advance, hey, I'm going to get an attorney. I realize that may make you angry, but let me explain why I'm getting the attorney. It's not because I want to, you know, and all those kinds of things before you actually engaged one. No, that's in the past. That's what I would have suggested if you'd have called a few weeks ago, but you didn't, and it's fine. I'm, <laughs> I'm not the guy with all the answers. That's not it. I'm just giving suggestions and helping you understand. At this point, then, here's what I would recommend you do. Since you have the attorney, use the attorney. Try not to react to it when she says things like, you're stupid for getting an attorney. Why didn't you Google that? If you try to explain yourself now, it's going to wind up being an argument in all likelihood, and there's no advantage in that. So I recommend that what you do is just assure her whenever the conversation comes up, I have no desire to hurt you. I'm not even trying to control you. This is not about you. This is about me. I just wanted to feel that I was doing the right things and making the right decisions. The attorney is not to hurt you in any shape, fashion, or form. It is to help me. That's what this is all about. Okay? And and uh, people get mad when you don't do what they want them to do. Okay, now we're going over to Sarah in California. Hi, Sarah. How may I help you today? Hi. Good morning. Thank you so much Sarah? for taking my call. Yes, I'm you're here. Very, Can you you're very me? welcome. Yes, I can now, but you're kind of breaking up on me there, Sarah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm on a normal phone. Is it better? Oh, okay. It's better now, yes. How may I help you today? Okay. Um, my husband was in a training for seven months. Um, um, it was a law enforcement training, and he came back, and he kind of was different, and he told me he's not happy anymore, and he wants to um, think about divorcing me and get out of the marriage. Uh, so it has been very difficult since then because I was very shocked. And um, um, so the other day, we, we just bought a house together before he left, and we were talking about starting a family. And so uh, this all comes like very out of the blue to me. Um, so um, the last week on Sunday, I moved out of our house because I, I told him, like, He's telling me all these things, but he doesn't make any move um, towards uh-huh. like separating or divorcing. Um, so I moved out, but I actually didn't want to. And now since a week, we had no contact. And I feel like I kind of push him to like move forward with something that I don't want to. So now I'm thinking uh-huh. about moving back into the house. Uh, but I don't know how to start this conversation since we had no contact for a whole week, and I have no idea where he's at and what he's thinking. Mm-hmm. So I don't know okay. how to start the conversation. So did you say, did you say, Sarah, that he was gone for seven months? Seven months? Did I hear that right? Yes, yes, yes. He um, he went to a special agent training, and um, it was okay. in Georgia, and we live in San Diego. Okay, so he was gone seven months all the way across the country. And before he left, things were good. As a matter of fact, what I heard you say was that you were talking about buying a house and starting a family. So there was no indications of troubles before he left. No, so we bought a house. He bought a house before we bought a house before he left, but we he had to go a day after we bought the house, and the house okay. is a fixer upper. We lived on so a boat. So it sure sounds before. like that something happened in Georgia, right? Yeah, yes. But do you have any idea what happened in Georgia? What what happened that changed him? Yeah, he said um, he just looked at his life from the outside, and he feels like I'm from Switzerland, so we're in an international relationship. He says, like, mm-hmm. that's been so difficult, and he decided that he doesn't want to move to Switzerland ever with me, and he feels like we're too mm-hmm. different. And then I think he's, he's like, the the... Uh, Sarah, all those things, like all those things sure sound like yeah. excuses to me. Every one of those things yeah. sounds like an excuse. Something yeah. happened. Something happened when he was in Georgia. Do you have any way of finding out what it was? I asked him, and I asked him if there's somebody else, and he's like, no, but he had chances, and he feels like our intimacy was never good. So I mm-hmm. think that is the the, the biggest problem. Obviously, I don't know about whether your intimacy was good or not, but what I'm hearing, what I'm hearing is that before he left, none of this stuff was coming up, right? Yes. He wasn't saying any of those things before he left. And he's talking about starting a family, and he bought a house, and then he left. So definitely, something happened in Georgia. Now, the greatest likelihood 
the greatest likelihood is that that means another human being. Now, I'm not telling you that he's having an affair. I don't know. I'm just saying it sure sounds like that. And what else would you expect a person to say if you say, is there somebody else? They always lie. It's like, no, there's nobody else. And even the fact that he said, well, I had chances can kind of be a clue that, wait a minute, what do you mean you had chances? Now, the things that he's saying to you, the things about, you know, all those things you just mentioned, we hear regularly from people who have gotten involved with somebody else. And these are the kind of things they tell their spouse. Now, I'm not saying he's involved with anybody else. I don't know. But it surely sounds as if that may be what happened. Now, if that's the case, if that's the case, then if you can still move back into your house, I think that's an excellent idea. Now, it's your decision, not mine, but I think it's a good decision on your part. And if you're saying, well, but I've been, I haven't talked to him for a week, how do I do that? Well, if you have your name on the paperwork for that house, you can just move back in. Now, I'm not a lawyer, and I certainly don't know California law, but I don't know that you have to go through a lot of things to be able to move back in that house. If you are there and you have contact with each other, you're interacting with each other, then you have a greater likelihood of being able to fix this than if you're someplace else. But here's my question to you. If you move back and you find out there is somebody else, are you willing to still try to make the marriage work, or will that be it for you? I think at this point, I will be like, oh, okay, that's the problem. <laughs> so now we mm-hmm. can work on it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, I know that. I mean, and that makes sense because if you know what it is, you at least have some relief. Now I know what it is. But that's when the anger and the sadness and the hurt's going to hit. Do you have a strong enough support system around you that can help you if you were to find that out? Yeah, I think I do. Okay. Well, then your idea of how do you move back? Well, you just do. Okay. If you need to consult an attorney to make sure you can do that, then please do because I'm not one. But if you go back, at least then you have the ability to start interacting with each other. And what I would recommend, Sarah, is if you do, and he says things such as, well, I'm looking at my life from outside now trying to reevaluate. We never had enough intimacy or whatever he says. I would not argue. I would listen. And say, well, tell me more about that. Tell me more about that. And if you get him to talk enough, at some point, he's going to start giving you an idea of what's going on. He really is. And if indeed it is another person, then, then we can help you with suggestions as to what to do then. The good news is that it can't have lasted very long. I mean, he's only been gone for seven months. And unless he met her, if there's a her, okay, if there's a her, unless he met her day one, then it took some time for this thing to happen. And uh, what I'm saying is, from what I'm hearing, it sounds like you've got a good shot at putting this back together. Now, I can't promise you that, but it sounds that way. Just like I'm like, I can't tell you for sure there's another person, but it sure sounds that way. Sarah, how strong are you? Are you a very strong individual? I'm trying to be. <laughs> okay. If I were asking somebody who knew you well, is Sarah strong, how would they describe you? Yeah, they would say yes. Okay. Because you sound like a strong person to me. You sound very strong. You sound very intelligent. And my heart is with you on this. But once you find out a little bit more, if, if you need more help, then you call us back. But right now, my suggestion is get back home. And then listen a lot until you get a better idea of what's happening here. Okay. Okay, Okay, thank you so much. That's really helpful. Okay, thank you, Sarah. Uh, My heart continues to break for all of the pain that we hear every day all day long. And, and, and the calls you're hearing here, we have people calling our office, not talking to me, uh, but talking to our client representatives who are just awesome people. We have several client representatives, males and females, both. And we have people calling here, not just from all over America. We have people calling here from all over the world. And, and they're calling, like, like Sarah, for example, as, as from Switzerland to begin with, she said. And people are calling. And we had a couple in the workshop this past weekend from Hong Kong. We've had couples from all over the world come to our workshops, including, of course, the United States. We're based right here in Tennessee, which is in the middle of the United States, if you will. And we care. And and the messages that we hope that you're hearing 
is that we will not tell you what to do because we don't have to live with the consequences of whatever happens, but we will listen and we will give you understanding as best we can. And we're primarily teachers. But uh, uh, the wonderful thing is that since we've been doing this for, well, actually, I've been working in the nonprofit world, working with marriages for 25 years. I know you're looking at me and thinking, oh, you started at 70. Is that right? <laughs> I've been doing this for 25 years, and the pain just continues. If we didn't care, we'd do something else. So please hear me, all the callers that I've talked to so far and the ones that are yet to come on this program and future programs. We genuinely care about your herd, and we hope that we never come across as flippant. Now, sometimes we will choke with you because you need to find humor even in pain, but you can make it. You can survive. You can have a good life. We'll come alongside you and do everything we possibly can to help you save your marriage. We will. We fight hard. And for the people that come to our workshops, and that's been going on for 20 years, the workshop, statistically speaking, 77% of those are still married seven years later. And so we know that we've got a good shot at helping you save your marriage if you can come to our workshop. If your spouse won't come to the workshop, then we have the online course that we have available to you. And it's for the one spouse whose spouse won't come to the workshop with them. And I really encourage you to get into that and pay attention and learn. And then we also have coaching available to you, either by telephone or Skype or FaceTime, where our coaches, and we have male coaches and female coaches, you can choose whichever you need, will help you. Now, I'm sorry if this sounds like a commercial in the middle of all this. It's just that I hear so much pain, and we really want to help. And our 501c3 nonprofit organization will help the best we can. Now, we do charge for our services, but because we're a nonprofit, if you're in financial distress, we're able to do things to help you because as a nonprofit, that's why we exist. So please, and I think the number was just on the screen there. And Jesse, can you put it back up for a second? Jesse's our awesome producer over there. Can you put the number back up? As you can see, it's 866-903-0990, and that will actually get you somebody at our office that you can talk to. Okay, we're going to go on to the next question, and let's see. We have so many people out there waiting. Let me speed up some. We're going to go to another Canadian caller. Already had one today. Let's go to another, and this is Joel. Hi, Joel. How are you today? I'm doing fine, Doctor. Being yourself? Well, actually, uh, it's it's a tough day for me. I just discovered my mother died this morning, but it's a tough day. Oh, how may I help? How may I help you? you right now? I'll be very succinct, but please know you're in my prayers, sir. Thank you. Um, I'll go as high level and as succinct as I can, because I know your time is very valuable and there's a lot of people to help. So I've been married 21 years to the love of my life. Um, <clears throat> we had a major car accident last August where we T-boned a half ton that pulled in front of us at about 60 miles an hour. And oh, wow. I think through the trauma of that and the recovery, along with some control issues that I had, my wife, um, initially said we were leaving each other because of unhealthy marriage with control and on both sides. Mm -hmm. uh, but now that I've been praying in my spiritual life for her to be blessed if she honors God and to be uncovered or um, revealed if she walks in deceit, I've now discovered there's another man. Um, he's uh, She left our church the same time she left our marriage, and this guy actually goes to my church. So it's a little oh, bit wow. awkward. Um, yeah. She's currently um, not telling my kids the truth about their relationship, insisting they're just friends. So my question to you, Dr. Beam, is knowing what I know now that's been revealed to me, do I mm -hmm. tell my children, 119 and 115, number one? Number two, instead of that, do I let her know that her choices she's making are going to damage those relationships or simply let them happen and be there to pick my sons up with the fallout. It's a very tough situation, Joel. Very tough. And I'm so, so sorry to hear that. Now, are the boys living with her or living with you? Where, where are they? The 19 year old is currently her adult roommate as he financially wasn't able to move out as his depression and anxiety escalated once she separated from me and the way that she did it. The 15-year-old choose, chooses to live with me, so he's with me 80% of the time and sees her Monday, Wednesday, Fridays for supper time, and then on the weekends as he sees fit. I see. Okay. And you are 
you have evidence, proof, documentations. I mean, you know she's involved with this other guy, right? It's not speculation. You know that is happening. Um, I don't have solids. Like she's used my past choices when I was an alcoholic against me, saying how I had committed adultery by kissing other women. She's saying now that she knows what she's doing is adultery, but she's forgiven, so she can just ask for forgiveness. The same way divorcing me, it may be wrong, but she can still be forgiven because of her faith. Wow. So she's you know, actually I, I, choosing these things that are contradicting her beliefs and her morals that we've instilled in our children. And now I have my children, yeah. even my 15-year-old, saying, like, she's not being responsible and accountable like you're being dead for your choices in the past and your choices now. I want right. to confront her, but he doesn't know how to confront her without hurting her. And I understand that on the, on the part of a boy or a child, I can get that. Is there anybody from your church, like a pastor or somebody who is trying to rescue your wife from this? He, he has reached out to her. I've seen him a couple of times. I also see a Christian counselor. My pastor, though, because it's a personal friendship as well as a pastoral relationship, gets extremely frustrated at the choices my wife is making and the fact that she won't even just come and talk talk to him just to say, like, where you're at, what you're going through. And now knowing that one of his congregational members could be in an adulterous relationship with her is exacerbating things. And but but he's not confronted this with her or with the other guy. Is that correct? He asked me if uh, he if I wanted him to address it to the guy. I said no. I would rather. So as a Christian brother, I asked him respectfully. I didn't indicate they were in a relationship. I just said having an outside third party can cause more confusion and hurt to my children than they're already experiencing. Would you please consider? You know, you and my wife are. I don't see as my wife as much as you want to, but please don't spend time with my children because now she's inviting him over for family meals and breaking bread together with my children. And my one oldest one who's a roommate says it's too awkward, even when he's around just the two of them, that he hides in his room and won't come out no, when he's around. Him. And yeah. the 15-year-old, he's already being told my wife, oh, he's a nice guy. You guys both like video games. You'll have a lot of things in common. And now the boys are realizing it's kind of weird for this quote-unquote friend to be showing up at her place all the time and being there for meals together with the kids. So I'm just, I'm really mm-hmm. torn because I want to save my marriage. I'm the only one who wants to save my marriage right, right now. Um, yeah. And I know that there's the save the marriage course that you guys offer. I'm just mm-hmm. needing to decide, even with the discount for the pies for July that, um, you're, that Kimberly mentioned, I just got to decide what the exchange rate can afford to pay nearly $500 you, for a course. But my, my marriage doesn't have a price tag on it. I will do anything for gotcha. my marriage. Do you, have, do you have a client representative here that you have – talked to already i've been touching base through um, facebook messenger with the person managing the facebook page i'm not sure if that was the screen okay. color or not but they put me on to one one gentleman and i think just through spam filters or whatnot him and i have both lost contact with each other so i have to go back through my emails to find that gentleman's name okay well if, if you will call here john and ask to speak to one of our client representatives and and we have a lot of good ones i'm just going to pick one mm-hmm. so that you know to ask for it just ask for mark okay because mark, mark's okay. office is right down the hall his office is right down the hall and and that makes it easy all of them are awesome he's just close to me and when this program is over i'm going to walk down there and speak to mark and and i'm going to help you with this online course okay and so I, I really want you to be in it, and I'm going to get on talk to Mark about what we can do about that. And if you'll call our our toll free number this afternoon and ask for Mark, he will have already talked to me, and he can help you with that. Now let's go back and talk to your wife about your wife a minute or two. Of course, because okay. uh, apparently your faith is strong, and you know that God is a forgiving God, but trying to manipulate God's a totally different animal. I mean, like I'm going to do this even though I know it's wrong, and then God will forgive right. me. The theology of that, as you know, <laughs> it's, oh, it's, it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. But it's the kind of things that people will think when they want to do something that they know is wrong and they, they don't want to feel guilty about it. Now, I can't tell you what to do, obviously. You have to make your own decisions. But when you ask me the question, should you talk to the boys, I thought I just heard you say the boys really already know. Is that not correct? Yeah. They know that it feels like more than a friendship, although they're trusting their mother to not lie to them because she told them and committed to them that 
you're the only two people in the world I will never lie to. Mm-hmm. Well, and now they are feeling uneasiness like, about yeah. this. Yeah. Sorry. So what? So what would you say to them? I mean, are you just going to say your mother lied, or no? Now, not at all. Well, I would say what, what, that your mother is responsible and accountable for her choices and any consequences that happen. If you do okay. not feel comfortable spending time around this gentleman, to my 15-year-old, you have the right to ask your time with your mom to be just your time with your mom and not with this other gentleman. A 19-year-old is an adult, and he can choose or not choose to spend time, but as her roommate slash son-mother relationship, he also has the right if someone's in his home that makes him uncomfortable to speak to his mother about it, I believe. Absolutely. I just does. don't want to be seen as alienating my sons from her because she's already mm-hmm. um, accused me of that once before, that I'm despicable because I considered alienating my yeah. sons by yeah. this initially was about time and space and Oh, I'm sure yeah. I will, and I have been. Yeah. Whenever you, um, whenever you come between a person and what they want to do, you wind up being mm-hmm. vilified. You know that. I like everything you said about what you would say to your sons. I think the first part about your mother is responsible for actions and those kinds of things. If they already know that, if you taught them well, you might just want to leave that part off for now. But if you, if you want to say to them, I know you're uncomfortable with this guy being there, and then go on to say the things you just said. You have a right to say something about that. You have a right not to be there. Those things are fine. I, I think that makes mm-hmm. sense. And if that angers her, you, at least you know I did not throw my wife under the bus. I didn't say anything negative about her. Right. I, since you have no definitive proof that she's having an affair, I don't think I would use that language. And I'm telling you that you're a kinder, gentler man than I. Because when you met that guy, it sounds like that you were being so gentle with him. Uh, Two weeks earlier, I actually, I approached hmm? him in church and I said, you know, I really need to apologize. I've been acting out of my emotions instead of logically lately. And people have been taking the brunt of that. So I hope you'll consider forgiving me. And he shook my hand and said, I don't hold any grudges, man. And then walked out of the church. I even offered to buy him a a barbecue that night with a little celebrity barbecue around there just to try and create this amends because there's been such animosity that has been unspoken between us and it was affecting mm-hmm. me. So for me, yeah. I needed to ask for their forgiveness, whether he forgave me or okay. not. That was not within my control. I know what I can uh, control, what I can't control. Deeply respect your spirituality. I mean, you're a deeply spiritual man and man, you have a backbone. I mean, only strong people <laughs> can do what you're doing, Joel. You have a backbone. Here's my suggestion though. Sometimes by doing that kind of thing, and, and I'm not disagreeing with anything you did from a spiritual standpoint, it makes all the sense in the world to me, but sometimes mm-hmm. you, can communicate to the other person that, well, okay, you can do whatever you want to do. And that's not a message that God gave anybody. And I would be careful about my giving that message to somebody else. Right is right. Wrong is wrong. And so when it comes back to your pastor, when he said to you, should I confront this guy? You see, in my opinion, as your pastor, he has a responsibility to confront that guy because he's that guy's pastor as well. And even though your wife's not going to church right now, he's her pastor as well. And I would hope that he would get directly involved in this. I mean, if his if okay. your wife won't come see him, he'll go see her. And that he would go see this guy and say, look, this is a married woman. Even if she's separated, she's a married woman. You have no business being in her apartment. You have no business mm-hmm. doing all the things that you do. And And that's what I think a good pastor would do. And so my recommendation is that uh, go back and tell him, okay, I'm going to take you up on your offer. I'm asking okay. you to intervene to do what needs to be done here. I mean, I admire you. I know that you've done some things mm-hmm. in the past that weren't the smartest things in the world. Well, welcome to the human race. Mm-hmm. But I admire you. And and but I'm saying, my friend, sometimes you've got to be a little tough in the process as well, because God was, Jesus was, right? Oh, he had the softest heart in the world, but he still knew when to love people that were unlovable. Yes, he did. But he also knew when to stand up. And say no he more. Did. You can't do this anymore. Yep. When he cleared My the heart's temple. with you, Joel. <laughs> okay. Yes, he Thank did. Doctor Beam, and you are an amazing and remarkable inspiration to me, and I continue to keep you in my prayers, um, especially finding out about your mother today. Thank you. Yeah, I got a call earlier this morning about that. She died in her sleep last night. If uh, if you would call Mark in a, just a few minutes, I will talk to him. Okay. Thank you. All, All right. right. So we're going to move on here. Uh, 
Yes, we have time for one more call, Jesse. Jesse is my producer. Okay, we can do more. one more. And so we'll go right here to Stacy, who is in New Jersey. Hi, Stacy. How may I help you today? Hi, Dr. Beam. How are you? I'm sorry about your mother. I know how uh, how difficult that is. Thank you. Um, I'm calling because I've been dealing with a um, very difficult separation from my husband since August of last year. Um mm-hmm. He had moved out, and unfortunately, my house got flooded, and uh, long story short, we spent every day together um, between the kids having to stay at his apartment, and um, after the holidays, we had talked about reconciling and trying to work things out, and he was pretty much living at my apartment um, because we were spending every day together and trying to um, do things as a family more often. And then in March, all of a sudden, everything changed. He changed his mind and um, uh, went back to his apartment two weeks later, went on Tinder and matched up with someone, and he's been seeing that person ever since. And what made him change his mind? Is, what happened? But if I may ask, um, what, what happened? You know, you know, I actually um, am woman enough to realize, especially after all the things that I've been doing for myself, that I didn't acknowledge the amount of safety that he needed um, in order to know that, you know, things would be better and things would be different. And um, he tends to be very anxious and, um, you know, gets all lost up in his head sometimes. So um, I think his anxiety, you know, as well as me not knowing how to prevent him from feeling um, insecure about our marriage and our relationship mm-hmm. um, was what caused it. Um, but the problem now is I don't know. I'm like walking a tightrope between giving up and, you know, holding on to hope because mm-hmm. everything I'm doing has been great for me, but it hasn't done anything different between me and him. Um, I don't know if I'm in denial or if he's just in a terrible stage of limerence um, because Mm -hmm. he has not been the same since he met this person. Mm -hmm. And um, he very strictly just wants to be friends. We have a great friendship. We're fine when we talk to each other and when we're around each other. Everything's fine. Mm -hmm. But he's, you know, his uh, point of view is, as a friend, you can't hurt me. So that's, you know, that's it you know, we're done. And I never ask him about our future or our relationship because I don't want to push. Um, But he randomly will bring it up and he'll just, you know, randomly say after seeing me a lot or talking to me a lot, you know, we're never getting back together. Um, And, you know, then get into talking about, you know, being friends and whatever. And I'm like, uh, okay, so he's very reluctant. And he's been doing a lot of erratic behavior since he started dating this person. Such as? And that, um, well, his relationship with our kids has changed, especially my 10-year-old. He, he was always, he's a great father, always been very great with his kids. But it all changed when he started dating this woman. And now, you know, when he's supposed to have the kids, a lot of times he'll ask me to take them because he made plans and... You know, uh, and I'll take them as long as I don't have anything conflicting. Um, okay. And if and I do. And he met this woman when? When did he meet her? In mid-March. So this is really short-lived. I mean, this is kind of brand new thing. Yeah. Right? Yep. But but uh, so does it appear to you that he's obsessing over her? Yeah, because if I can't take them, um, or you know, I'll lie to him sometimes and say I have plans just for the sake of my own sanity and self-respect. Um, so when I do, he'll say, oh, I'll call my mother and see if she could take the kids. Like he, even even if he's supposed to have them and he knew that, you know, he mm-hmm. goes above and beyond to make sure he can keep his plans because the girl he's seeing is also married with a nine-year-old and claims that she's, you know, in separation and filing for yeah. divorce. And that's a whole different story. Yeah. Because she just okay. bought a house with her husband a few months prior yeah. to them meeting. So, That's so sad. Like, yeah, so you how, know, she's like having mm-hmm. a loyalty to her. And we've been yeah, together and, 18 years. 
he probably does feel loyal to her. If indeed he's in limerence, and it sounds as if he is, then he's not thinking logically. The emotions become so overpowering. People who are in a limerence state, if he is, people who are in a limerence state can spend up to 85% of their waking hours thinking about the other person. I'm, and they won't let know, anything or anybody come between the two of them. <laughs> and so if he's in that situation, the kind of thing you're describing is kind of what we would expect. Now, how yeah. may I help you today? What it is that you called to ask? Well, the thing is, you know, with him being so persistent and so reluctant and his story, you know, um, even though I've been able to keep good communication with him and good rapport with mm-hmm. him, mm-hmm. you know, I haven't seen any kind of progress. So I'm getting to a point where I'm like, am I in denial or is, you know, like, should I really just listen to him? Because he hasn't filed any papers, but yet whenever mm-hmm. he gets aggravated for whatever reason, which has only been a few times, he'll tell me, mm-hmm. just file the paperwork, you know, mm-hmm. and that's not mm-hmm. what I want. So I'm not filing. Good. Don't. So I don't know if it's, I'm in denial. Denying. <laughs> you know, in denying not, what? What would, what would you be denying? If you're in denial, what um, are you in denial about? What are you denying? Denying the fact that he's made up his mind and he's done. Well, the fact that he may believe that he's made up his mind and is done does not mean that he's made up his mind and is done. I know that sounds ridiculous, but it's true. People who are in a limerent state, if indeed that's the situation, and it sounds as if it is, people who are in a limerent situation just don't think logically. They operate off of emotions. And these emotions are vacillating. They're up, they're down, they're anything else, all those kinds of things. And so at this point thinking, wow, has he definitively made up his mind to do this, that, or the other? Even if he thinks he has, in all likelihood, he has not because he's an emotional wreck. Now, in that particular situation, the question that comes for you is this. Now, you sound like an extremely intelligent person. I mean, I'm assuming that you do well in life. Is that correct? I do. I, uh, I'm very independent. Yeah. I, you sound confident. You sound, you sound intelligent. You, I mean, just talking to you, I'm thinking, this is a really cool person I'm talking to here. Now, the decision for you is, okay, do I decide to do something? Because it's like, if he's going to hurt me like this, then I, I'll just pull the plug. I'll end this thing and get it over with. Or, or will you choose to, okay, I realized that over the last few months, I've been working on me doing things, but it does not seem to be affecting him. Understand that the things we teach, like like the pies, physical, intellectual, emotional, mm-hmm. spiritual, being the safe place, all those things, we actually teach that you do that lot. for you because you may yeah. not see the other person reacting the way you want them to. And if you right. do these things because you're expecting a certain reaction, when that reaction doesn't occur, then you quit doing these things. So do them for you. Now, in the yeah. long term, what we're looking for, now we we're happy when it happens in the short term. We're excited when it happens in the short term. But the majority of the time, it's like you're in this for the long haul. And if you believe that this is genuinely a good man doing a bad thing, if you believe that he's a good man doing a bad thing, then he's worth rescuing. If you can forgive him for doing what he's doing, being involved with this other woman, if at some point you know that you could actually take him back and have a good life, if you believe you can do that, then it's worth standing for this marriage. And you keep doing all the things you need to do, no matter how he acts or reacts, hoping that in the long term, this pays off. And if it does not, if he doesn't come to his senses, which is a possibility, not a likelihood, but a possibility, it's still the best thing that you can do for you. You I mean, you've already mentioned about your own sanity, your own balance, your own living life. That's extremely yeah, it's, important. It's really it's messing been, with it, you know? I'm sure. I'm sure it is. Been, I'm sure it is. We were doing that for sweetheart, so he's been my mm-hmm. life, you know? I'm so sorry. Well, I hope and pray the man comes to his senses. Uh, you keep, are, are you part of our online course? Because I heard you mention some things that made me think that you are. Um, I haven't signed up for the marriage helper course yet because, unfortunately, since we've, especially since he's been dating this girl, I haven't been getting much help from him. So um, that's the only thing I haven't done yet. I've done uh, all the webinars that I get emails Good. about and um, and all and Good. the Pi program. Um, so I've been doing everything as well as well as my own going to see a therapist as well. 
Well, oh, good. I'm uh, glad you're seeing a therapist. Stacy, if you will call our office, and we'll give the numbers we go off the air here. If if you will call our office and ask for Mark. Now, we've got great client re- or, or do you already have a client representative here? I do. I work with Rusty. With who? Rusty. Rusty, excellent. Uh, Rusty's awesome. Rusty's office is also down the hall. So when I leave here, I'm going to tell Rusty that if you'll give him a call about the online course, that I'm going to do something to help you there. How about that? I would greatly appreciate that. I will do that for you. I I like the way you talk and the way you think, young lady. And so if you'll call Rusty this afternoon, I'll I'll see him, and I'm going to see Mark for somebody else, and uh, just call in, and I'm going to do some things to help you with that, okay? Thank you so much. Hey, I care. I genuinely care. And and believe me, you're going to be okay. No matter what happens, you're going to yeah. be okay. But let's let's hope we can rescue this I have this no choice. I got two kids, you know? <laughs> yep. And you have you, and you are important. Yeah. Okay, Stacey, thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Dr. Beam. All right. See, I think... Uh, Jesse, that means we're out of time. So let me mention a couple of things here. Do you know, I'm asking my producer because I just walked in and sat down to do this program. It's been a a different kind of day for me today. Um, have we opened up yet the enrollment for the online course? That'll be coming up soon. For those of you who would like to be in our online course, it's designed for one spouse. Like if my spouse will not involve himself or herself in this, what do I do? And this is an online course and it's going to be coming out. It's, we only open four times a year enrollment in that. And there's all kinds of things that come with it. And that'll be happening in the next week or two. Does that sound right, Jesse, in the next week or so? And so please watch for that. We'd love to have you in that. Forgive me when I look at a couple of things. Hey, check out our videos on YouTube. If you go to youtube.com slash marriage helper. We have a lot of different videos there. And we're also on Google Play, iTunes, all those kinds of things. And be sure to check us out at marriagehelper.com. And our telephone number here is 866-903-0990. Call and ask for one of our client representatives. We would love to help you if we possibly can. Until next week, Dr. Joe Beam saying good day. <laughs>